Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code RTFP to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to DraftKings Network. You're tuned in to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Guiding your gridiron journey, none other than your host, former NFL lineman Ross Tucker. Oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker football podcast. I never do that. It's a teaching tutorial Thursday presented by DraftKings. We've got Greg Cosell in the house, the NFL films legend. I bring it every day. Greg brings it every week. Probably brings it every day, but I only know about Thursdays. You guys bring it, hopefully, at least at some point. Spreading the word via social media at Ross Tucker NFL at Ross Tucker Pod or the sponsor confirmation email winner. Take advantage of any of these awesome sponsors we have. The Game Time app, amazing. The Raycon earbuds, a couple of my favorites. YouTube shout out will be announced tomorrow. That's the person that gets a cameo style video from me. I email you, I do it on my phone. I email you the video. People seem to really like those. Just go to youtube.com. Slash Ross Tucker NFL. Hit the subscribe button and then reply with any video you've got, with any comment, and you got to get a great chance to win the video. Patron of the day, Matt McCrab. We just keep racking them up. I love it. Patreon.com slash RT Media. I don't care if you're just coming for the even money bets spreadsheet. I think you'll enjoy once you start to be a part of the other thread, the community we got a great group of tuckheads. Other than that, it's Big Show time. The Big Show. All right, Greg, a lot to get to. Let's start with tonight. A uh, couple of rookie quarterbacks. You got Carolina. You got Chicago. Looks like it'll be Tyson Bajan again. Anything interesting that you've seen from either one of these guys, Greg? You know, I got a chance to look at Tyson Bajan pretty hard this past week in his game against the Saints. Saints, good defense, obviously. Uh, Dennis Allen's been doing it a long time as a coordinator and now the head coach, so he shows you a lot of things. Um, I was reasonably impressed with Bajan. You know, again, it's not an X and O point, but it looked like he belonged. He threw three picks. I'd say the first one was clearly on him. Uh, One thing that the Saints did a lot of is they rushed three and dropped eight in zone coverage, and that really muddies the picture for a young quarterback because there's a lot of defenders. Uh, So uh, that was on the interception, the first interception by Paulson Adebo. 
The other two interceptions were not really bad reads by Bajan. Um, I thought that they were just not as accurate a throw as you'd like it to be. But overall, um, I thought he made some some big-time throws. I thought he was good on third down. I thought the coaching staff did a really good job. They gave him a lot of play-action boot, which, of course, really defines the reads and the throws more cleanly for a young, inexperienced quarterback. So, again, this particular game, which, as I said, I studied it in detail, uh, I came away more impressed than not. And, again, that's no statement about what's going to happen this week, his future. That's this game. But it was a, it was a solid performance for a young quarterback. Sounds pretty good to me, Greg, if the guy had three interceptions and you still came away more impressed than not. Yeah, and that's why, you know, I've always believed, Ross, and you know this, we've had this conversation, you have to look at interceptions individually. You can't just look at a number on a stat sheet and say, oh, he threw three picks, bad game. You've got to look at the plays. Speaking of young quarterbacks, I don't know if we're going to get to the Titans and the Bucks game, but I did want to get your thoughts on Will Levis Greg, now that he's got a couple starts under his belt and has been named the starter for the Titans, presumably for the rest of the year. Yeah, I, I think it's the right move. And, and having said that, my guess is that he'll have a bad game down the road here just because he's a very aggressive thrower. Um, he's got a compact delivery. The ball comes out with great velocity. Um, so far, he's been seeing it really well. Um, the Pittsburgh game, which was Thursday night a week ago, was actually a really interesting game because obviously you and I both know that the Titans offensive line, particularly at the tackle position, is not very good. So he was working out of a lot of muddied, noisy pockets. He stayed poised. He stayed composed. He delivered the football. Um, he wasn't stressed. Uh, so, you know, I thought it was, I think his first two performances have been very, very solid. Um, and, you know, the one thing, and you know this from having played, Ross, that kind of quarterback with his arm talent and his aggressive mentality, that uplifts the entire offense because they know that, hey, a big play can be made at any time and he will push it down the field when it's available. Um, so, so far, so good. Um, we'll see how they continue. You know, it's interesting that, you know, once he started in these last two games that DeAndre Hopkins has become a bigger factor. I don't think that's a coincidence. Um, so we'll see going forward. They play Tampa. Um, you know, it's really interesting. You look at Tampa and just to, you know, just to lead in, I don't know exactly where you wanted to go next, but Tampa just played Houston and they have two pass rushers on the edge that you, most people would say are pretty good in Barrett and in Tryon. And they were really non-factors against the Texans. And the Texans, no one would say they have a great O-line. But I have to tell you, and I'm no offensive line guru. I'm sure you know more about the specifics of it than I do. But Laramie Tunsil this past week, he looked like he was blocking 12-year-olds. It was unbelievable the way he pass-protected. Um, and, and that, to me, was one of the most overlooked elements of Stroud's performance, which, of course, was utterly outstanding. But their O-line did a phenomenal job against what most would consider a, a pretty good Bucks D-line. Um, man, there's a lot there. First of all, Laramie Tunsil's really, really good. I mean, really good. Really good. <laughs> and I think he's reset the tackle market like three times now. Yeah. He's like a straight businessman. I respect so, by it. the way. The other thing is, Greg, you know, Levis, the, this, the Titans lost the game. His stats weren't as good as they were against the Falcons when he had the four touchdowns and the three long ones. I actually came away more impressed by Levis against the Seals. Yo, it's one thing at home against yep. the Falcons. 
in your first game. They run a bunch of play action. Falcons were, you know, you know, geeked up for the stop the run, thinking it's a rookie quarterback. You go on the road in Pittsburgh, night game, all the th- short week. You know, I really yeah. thought there was a chance he turned into he would turn into a pumpkin in that second game, Greg. And he he stood tall and, and made a bunch of big throws and gave Tennessee a chance to win that game. I couldn't agree more, Ross. Your point's a great one. And and the thing is, he knows um that his offensive tackles are going to have trouble protecting. He knows that. I guarantee the coaching staff brings him and talks to him personally, you know, the day before the game and basically says, Hey, look, you know, we're going to run some, some plays where we're going to ask the left tackle and the right tackle to block one-on-one. And you got to be aware of that. You know, you may have to pick up your tempo. You know, that's what coaches do. They don't tell that to the tackles, as you know, but they tell that to the quarterback. And you're right. He stood in there against a really tough edge pass rushing defense. And I would, I agree. I was more impressed with him against the Steelers. Your point about a short week is a really good one. Let's talk about some of these juicy matchups we got going on this weekend, Greg, including the Browns at the Ravens. Yeah. Really looking forward to this one. Five and three Cleveland, seven and two Baltimore. Big game in the AFC North. Yeah, I've been so impressed on both sides of the ball from a film standpoint with the the Baltimore Ravens. I think you and I have spoken about their defense. Um, it is so good. Mike McDonald, their young DC, to me, is doing an outstanding job uh, schematically. They are so good and so difficult. He he and that staff have such a great feel for um, the offenses, uh, pass protection schemes, and they do such a great job attacking them and breaking them down. And I will say this. I don't know what he did during the offseason, but I think Jadavion Clowney's playing the best football of his career. You know, keep in mind, he's with his fifth or sixth team. And the reason for that is because he's not really a big-time edge pass rusher. Big-time edge pass rushers are not with five or six teams by the time they're 30, with very few exceptions, of course. But, he, you know, he's never been that guy. But he looks thinner. He looks more athletic. He's playing at a really high level. And Kyle Van Noy's playing well. Um, but the way they use Kyle Hamilton, or the way they use their slot corner in the, in the, uh, as a pressure player, I just love what they do. And let me say this about Lamar Jackson. I think he's playing really, really well. And I think to look at his numbers misses the point totally, Ross. Because, you know, the job of the quarterback is to play the game as a given game plays out. Sometimes that might require 40 dropbacks and you have to throw for 350. Other times, it may require 20 dropbacks. Their run game has been so good. Their O-line has been dominant. Lamar, to me, has played exceptionally well, given the way each game demands. And I think that's what you want of your quarterback. You know, it's not just, hey, let's throw for 350. It's how does this game require the quarterback to play? And I think he's doing that at a really high level. Yeah, a couple thoughts on that, Greg. Um First of all, the Clowney thing, what's so amazing about Clowney and Van Noy is, and I was talking with some people at the Ravens about this, they both really wanted to play for Baltimore. Yeah, They're playing for peanuts compared to what they've made other times in their career. I mean, I think they're both making like a million bucks, which is not much. I mean, both those guys have made a lot more money than that, but they really wanted to play for the Ravens because they wanted to try to win a championship. So I think that point should be made. And then... The Lamar Jackson thing was so interesting to me about that. They win by like 30 points. He wasn't responsible for a touchdown. No. So like the fantasy folks are like, what is going on? But 
He didn't need to be this game. And, you know, this was an Emory Hunt special on the College Draft podcast. He talked two summers ago about Keaton Mitchell from East Carolina. He adds an element for them, Greg. He really does. This running back, running back Keaton Mitchell adds some serious juice to the backfield. No question. No question. Um, But, uh, you know, I heard someone speak about Lamar having nine touchdowns as if he's not playing well. And as I said, I think that misses the point. You know, I think he's played really well. Obviously, they still run the ball exceptionally well. We probably all thought when Monken took over that Patrick Ricard would not be a factor. He's still a big factor in their run game. And, And boy, do they run it well. I'm so glad he's still a big factor in their run game. One of my favorite players to watch. One of my favorite things to drink is Labatt Blue Light. Whether I'm doing it with my friends or family or by myself watching football, always enjoy responsibly beer. Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. How about this matchup, Greg? The Houston Texans, who you <laughs> clearly watched, against the Cincinnati Bengals. And it feels like these are two of the better quarterbacks in the league right now, the way they're playing. Yeah, I mean, you know, we talked briefly about the the Texans offense, but I think it's really worth talking about the Bengals. Joe Burrow over the last four games has played exceptional football in every area. First down, third down, red zone. Uh, And he's one of those guys when he's playing well, and, and you and I both know it's not easy at all, but he makes it look easy. He has such a great feel for the rhythm and timing of a pass game. He's phenomenal versus zone coverage. He understands the underneath coverage so well and where the windows are. Um, and uh, in the red zone in particular, the last four weeks, they have eight. he's thrown eight red zone touchdowns, no interceptions. And, and in, in today's NFL, that has become increasingly important because, as you know, Ross, explosive pass plays are down throughout the league. So that actually increases the importance of the red zone because it, if you get down there, you have to score touchdowns because there are not a lot of 40, 50-yard passing touchdowns, uh, far less than there used to be. Um, so this offense is really fun to watch. Um, and defensively, you know, I think people have started to recognize that Lou Anaramo does a really, really good job. But they do a lot of different things. They're multiple in their looks. They disguise well. There's late rotation. Um you know, I think there are two linebackers who rarely come off the field. Logan Wilson and, and Pratt are really good players. They're important to what they do. And uh, I think they're a really solid team, and they're playing at a pretty high level right now. Really anxious to see C.J. Stroud yep. on the road back in Ohio, where a lot of those people have been cheering for him the last couple of years. Now they'll be cheering against him. It's a tall task, but... Man, he I, there's no way I thought he was going to go down for a well, touchdown. Well, you know, it's funny because Sunday. that touchdown throw to uh, Dell that won the game, um, 
to me, it was an unbelievable throw because if you see when he started to turn it loose, you would see what an unbelievable timing, anticipation, and ball placement throw it was. But I also give uh, Slow at the offensive coordinator a ton of credit because that was quarters coverage. They'd been getting a lot of quarters coverage, particularly in the high red zone, and he attacked it. He attacked the quarters coverage with his route concept. And that allowed Stroud to really throw with timing and anticipation. But but he, you still have to make the throw. And, you know, sometimes you get in those situations and the quarterback wants to wait a beat longer just to make sure. Stroud threw that with unbelievable confidence and conviction. You don't see that very often from young quarterbacks in, in high leverage critical situations. Let's talk Niners and Jaguars. Now, they're both coming off a bye, Greg, yep. but... Still a big matchup. You know, going into the bye, there were two teams headed in different directions. The Niners lost three in a row. The Jags have won five in a row. What will you be looking for in this one? Yeah, I think there's a couple of things with the Niners. They need to get their running game back on track. In their three losses, um, their run game has not been as impactful. Now, that's there's a domino effect there because their defense hasn't quite been as good. So they've not been able to control games and play with the dynamic offensively that they want to play with because obviously you get behind and it, and even if you're not behind by a lot of points it just changes the feel of a game you know that from playing um so uh, I actually think overall Brock Purdy's played very very well if you look at the totality of his games um you know a couple of bad interceptions but again they've been down in fourth quarters that's not normally the way the Niners are so I think they're going to need to get their run game back on track I think that's probably something they did with a lot of self-scouting in the week of the bye um and defensively where they've struggled a bit is with their slot corner Isaiah Oliver and teams have attacked him um, so, you know, hey, it's midseason. That's who you have. You got all, you know, now you got to dance with the girl who brung you. And, uh, you know, so I'm sure they'll have some tweaks and some ways they want to sort of compensate and, and ideally camouflage that in certain situations. But that has been a little bit of an issue for them through the first half of the season. Feels like that's an issue for a bunch of teams, Greg. You talking about the slot corner? Yeah, just yeah. like, you know, th- there's not that many uh, nickel corners that are really good that are able to lock it's, those guys down. It's a hard position to play, It's not just coverage. You know that. It's not just coverage. Those guys have to defend the run. They have to be physical and competitive. A lot of teams use them to blitz. Um, obviously, in the slot, there's a two-way go for receivers, so you don't have the sideline as your friend. Um you know, they play man, they play zone. You know, there's a lot of responsibility uh, and a lot that is asked of slot corners. It's a much tougher position than people might think. Totally agree. Um, it's kind of interesting that this is one of the matchups I want to ask you about, but the Saints and the Vikings. Yeah. The Saints have won a couple in a row. They're they're the, at the top of their division. The Vikings are right there in the playoffs right now after – that performance by Josh Dobbs, which is just how many times is he going to do this, go to a new team and, and impress? Yeah, and then, then he sort of settles in because obviously he lost his starting job in Arizona last week. I don't know what to say about last week. It's remarkable. But, I mean, I, you know, I, I just don't know what to say beyond that. To me, the, the most interesting aspect of this game to me uh, from a tactical perspective is the Brian Flores defense versus the Saints offense. Because the Saints do have weapons on the perimeter, and they've got speed. And, you know, you could argue, you could make the, the argument that the Vikings' corners are the weakness in their defense. But Flores 
They are blitzing more than any team in the league, although last week they played a ton of rush three and drop eight zone coverage. So my point is, you never know exactly what you're going to get from Brian Flores. Uh, you know, so I think that that, to me, from a tactical perspective, is a fascinating element to this game. But the last thing he's going to want is to get beat over the top by Shahid or Alave. It's a good point. What about the Lions and the Chargers, Greg? Yeah, the Lions are, you know, as we've discussed, and they're one of my favorite offenses to watch. I think their coordinator, Ben Johnson, does a phenomenal job in the pass game with their route concepts, their spacing. Um, I know that Montgomery is due back this week. Um, Dan Campbell's come out and say and said that he's still the, the number one guy. It, whatever that means, we don't know. All I do know is that when you watch Jameer Gibbs on tape, boy, does he bring an explosive element. So, again, no one can sit here and say how many carries Gibbs will get, but he's not going to be relegated to 10 snaps because that guy is explosive both as a runner and as a receiver, and that's what every offense wants. So, you know, I think it's a really big game for the Chargers. Um, I think overall the Chargers' pass game – for any number of reasons, has been very condensed. Uh, Herbert's not throwing for a lot of yards. I think Herbert's very willing to take checkdowns and to and to try to just move the chains at times. I don't think he's a risky, aggressive downfield thrower. And again, I'm saying that based on watching the tape. I don't know what's in his head, but that's what comes across to me on tape. Monday night, Greg, I'll be in the booth with Kevin Harlan. Broncos, Bills. Oh, my buddy, Bills. Kevin Harlan. I love Kevin. He's the best. Broncos, yeah. Bills. So the Broncos obviously won a couple games in a row, and, and people are starting to freak out in Buffalo a little bit. Yeah, well, the Bills, you know, I think one of the myths about the Bills' offense is that they're very talented. They're essentially the same as they've always been. They've got a, an average to below average offensive line, no run game. Um, Kincaid is starting to come on, but we don't know exactly what he is yet. They've got one wide receiver they can count on. So the diff- what they've always been able to count on is Josh Allen making big plays. And because explosive pass plays are down throughout the league, those plays are not happening. So now when those plays are not happening, their offense is very, very condensed. But in a sense, they have the same team they've always had. It's just the big plays have not been there. So, you know, I think when people have to understand this is not a highly talented offense. Interesting. Um, yeah, I think there's definitely the perception that it is. Greg, you're the man. Thank you so much for the time, as always. Thanks, Ross. Appreciate it. Speaking of that Bills-Broncos game, you want to be in the stands? You want to say hi to me before the game, potentially? Just get the Game Time app on your phone. Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. So if you find tickets in the same section or row for less, Game Time actually credits you 110% of the difference. I actually haven't even opened opened up my app yet to see what the prices are for that game Monday night. Obviously a game the Bills desperately need to win. There's no question. And you can see exactly what the vantage point is for any seat that's available. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code ROSS for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. So again, create an account. Redeem code ROSS for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. And Jack, if you're not going to go to the game and you're going to watch at home, that's when you order on DoorDash. Halftime, ordering time. Two-minute warning, that's your cue to order in. Get everything you want delivered while you root for your squad. Burgers, fries, drinks, you name it. And if you have a Dash Pass membership, 
you can get the new Wendy's loaded nacho cheeseburger delivered. Yep, right now the loaded nacho cheeseburger is exclusively available with Dash Pass at participating U.S. Wendy's for a limited time. Ducks takes. All right, Ross, quarterback J.C. Jackson doesn't travel with the Patriots to Germany over questions about reliability. I guess he was late to get to the hotel Saturday night before their, their last game. It, you know, it's interesting to me that a guy that spent that much time in New England and has been in the NFL this long, like, can't figure it out and does something like that. You know, now you know why he's not been the player that they were expecting him to be when the Chargers gave him all that money. He's just not a professional. It's a shame because he's not going to get nearly as much money as his talent would allow him to. And so at some point, he'll look back and regret it, and that's the way life works. Giants signed quarterback Matt Barkley to the active roster to back up cousin Tommy DeVito. They had him on, on practice squad, you know, in case this happened where Daniel Jones got hurt, and it happened. It's just amazing. I mean, it's amazing to think about this is the New York Giants, and their quarterbacks in 2023 right now are Tommy DeVito and Matt Barkley. I mean, no wonder they're such big underdogs against the Cowboys. Some roster moves. Cardinals running back James Conner designated to return from IR. Eagles put linebacker Nakobe Dean on the IR with a Liz Frank sprain again. And the Texans signed linebacker Corey Littleton off the Saints practice squad. So several guys got placed on designated for a return, but I only mentioned like Darryl, uh, Derek Stingley, other guys, but I only mentioned Connor because he's the one that it sounds like he might actually play this week. Littleton's been bouncing around from practice squads to active rosters all over the league. I loved him when he was with the Rams. And then the Kobe Dean, I talked about that on today's Ross report on social media at Ross Tucker NFL, where I talk about the Eagles and just not good for his development. The, the positive is that Zach Cunningham has been playing really well. All juniors that declare for the draft are now eligible for the Shrine Bowl, the Senior Bowl, and the HBCU Legacy Bowl. That's one we'll talk a lot about with Emery Hunt on Monday's College Draft Podcast because that's big news in the draft world. And last week we got a game tonight, Ross. Panthers at the Bears. Who do you like in this one and why? It is interesting, isn't it, Jack? Remember we had Ani Bose on and we talked about flex scheduling and he said like, they really try not to do it unless they feel like they have to. This is an interesting game to not flex. And including, you think about Sunday night and, and the games we got this weekend, you know, Vegas against the Jets. But I think they like storylines, right? And tonight, Bryce Young, this is his national opportunity. I like the Bears to win a close game at home, probably 20 to 17. I think we're done here. Thanks for tuning in to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also check out Even Money, Fantasy Feast, and College Draft, all on the DraftKings Network on Samsung TV+, Plus, YouTube, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform. Shout out to MyFrontPageStory.com. If you guys haven't checked it out, why not? Just throw your email address in there so when we start sending out offers for the holidays or Valentine's Day or Mother's Day, you get the big discount. Pizza Boy Brewing, Sportaculture, HumanHeadNYC.com, SteakhouseSports.com, Go-Bangles.com, and BackOfficeScheduler.com.